My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest is Christy Fay. Alongside her husband, Christy co-pastors Arcadia City Church in the Phoenix area, and she loves seeing people engage with Jesus and their communities. There is nothing she would rather do than simply partner with the Lord to do the restorative work that he has going on in the world. She's got four kids and a husband who make her world go round. And other than her role as God's daughter, image bearer, and kingdom warrior, she feels most proud to be a wife and a mama. She's the author of two studies, Reclaimed, Uncovering Your Worth, which centers on the five women of the lineage of Jesus, and I Have To, Chasing What Sets Your Soul on Fire. I am so excited to welcome her to the show today. I um, have so many questions to ask her, so we're just going to jump right in. Christy, thanks so much for being here. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, Erin. Thanks for having me. I so, really appreciate it. Me too. So I um, I can't wait because I literally have like a list of questions. I hope we get to everything. <laughs> but um, just quickly, for those who are hearing your story for the first time, I would love you to give everyone just a quick overview of your background. Where'd you grow up? What was family life like in those early years? Just to give everybody sort of like the wholeness of you as we get started. Absolutely. Well, I'll do my best to, to give just a quick highlight in a very short period of time. <laughs> um, so I was born in Canada, actually. I uh, was born in Calgary, Alberta, grew up um, very close to my parents. I'm an only child. I uh, People tell me that for being an only child, I'm fairly normal, and I take that <laughs> as a compliment. Uh, so hopefully that's true, uh, but I'm very close to my family. my Both of my parents grew up in the church. Both grew up with parents that were very involved in ministry, in the life of the church. Um, I didn't grow up in a household, though, from the time that I was fairly young until about nine or 10, where we really went to church all that much. We were kind of Christmas and Easter Christians. My parents had grown up in it, but then sort of walked their own path for, for a season. And so I kind of came to the Lord. I came to the Lord at a, um, a Christian overnight sports camp outside of the Toronto area. And I really didn't know what it meant. I was young, um, but I knew that I wanted whatever they were talking about, this whole Jesus thing. I wanted it to be a part of my life. And it really wasn't until I moved to, to Phoenix. I live in Phoenix currently and started attending a Christian school that I started to pick up the pieces of, oh, God wants to be in relationship with me and started to figure out, oh, maybe this is kind of what it looks like. And that's really when I think um, it became real. And I think what's sweet about my story is that when I came to faith, it was very much my faith. It wasn't my parents saying, this is what, you know, you should believe. It was me going, no, this is what I believe. Um, and that's been sweet because I feel like even though I'm still, I'm not super old, you know, I'm getting older <laughs> in my mid thirties now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird to say, but um, I, I've had a really sweet, I think, intimate sort of personal relationship with the Lord since I was fairly young, which is a gift in a lot of ways. Um, will, will you talk, can we just camp there for a second? Will you yeah, talk a yeah. little bit about that? And was it, I mean, was there like a person or two that came alongside you to help you realize that this relationship with God could be a little bit more real? Did God reveal things to you through certain experiences or when you were spending prayer time with him? Like, what did that look like for you? And yeah. why did it, why did you, why do you think you felt that 
intimate personal connection with the Lord. Whereas, you know, if you're growing up in church and kind of doing the traditional stuff, sometimes it doesn't feel that real. Absolutely. Uh, a couple things come to mind. Uh, I remember being at a chapel for this Christian school that I attended and realizing, looking around, realizing everyone has Bibles and I don't really have a Bible. And it seemed like as I got to know people, they talked about their church experience. And I, I thought, well, I don't really go to church. And so just through that influence, I went to my parents and said, specifically to my dad, we need to go to church and also I need a Bible. And so we started going to, he started taking me to church. I got him back in the church because I just was like, we need to go. And then I, I, in class, I remember there was an assignment and it was to read the Psalms, which is really, it's an accessible book. So it's one of those books where even if you're a little like, I don't know about scripture, I don't know if it's relevant, it's a little strange. Starting in the Psalms is a really great place to start because there's so many just emotions that you can connect with immediately, even if you don't know the stories or the context of what's happening. And so I found myself connected to God's word, journaling, actually through an assignment at school, but reading the Psalms and feeling like, you know, in my young, at this point, seventh grade, sort of teenage angsty self, that there were some things to relate to that the Bible had to say. And so that for me, from a young age was formational. Then absolutely people, peers, teachers in my life that modeled what it looks like to love Jesus that really influenced me for sure. So on the flip side of that, what were there because we obviously know like, yes, we have these positive influences and God's revealing himself to you. On the flip side, though, what challenges were you facing? And as I'm thinking, because I taught middle school for such a long time, like you're right in that like death zone, which we yeah. like, which we dread as parents, which we remember having to live through. So you're in there, you are experiencing positive influences and God's revealing himself to you. But what challenges specifically are you facing during that time that sort of, I don't know, juxtaposed? oppose what God was doing as he stirred your spirit? Yeah, you know, I had, as junior high years go, fairly decent go of it somehow miraculously. But I think as I, even as I made it through junior high and entered into high school, I sensed a real, it was very distinct sort of call to ministry, called to vocational ministry. And I I have those words now, I probably wouldn't have used those words (laughs) as a 16 year old, but Um, that's really what it was. And I, from a pretty young age, realized that the Lord had sort of placed in me this longing and this passion, this desire to teach his word, um, to lead. And I think one of the challenges that I faced uh, was when I went to church, I didn't see anyone that uh, was doing what I felt called to do. And so I think that's that was one of the challenges for me as I moved forward into college was, okay, I know this call. It's, it's very much, uh, I can't ignore it. It's very real, um, both through affirmation from outside sources, from the Lord, um, from my gifting. I'm called to teach, called to lead, called to preach even, but I don't know what it looks like because I don't see anyone doing it. So that was, for me, probably one of the challenges that I faced in that season. So what did you, so, you know, you have, you have this stirring in your spirit, you're, you're looking out into the world and going, I I don't see, you know, examples, like real concrete examples of, of the work that I feel like God's calling me to. And there you are, like you're starting college. So how did all those things kind of converge and guide you down the path to actually say yes, carve out like, I mean, was it like church planting right off the bat? Was it getting a job at a church to kind of get your feet wet? Like, what did that all look like when you were a young adult? 
Absolutely. So to go back to that, that those role models that you kind of touched on earlier, I remember I had a, a woman in college. I was a part of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship in college, which is a, a ministry that serves students on, on college campuses. So I got really involved there and she became a mentor of mine. She was on staff at the time and that girl could preach, that girl could teach and she could lead. I mean, she it was so evident from just who she was and spending time with her. And so I think I saw a glimpse of, oh, this might be what it looks like to have some of the gifts that I have and to see it actually work out in ministry. So she really provided a lot of hope to me, um, a lot of inspiration to me and guidance to me in those years, even of course, in the way in our interactions, but more so by her example. And so coming out of college, I thought I'm going to do college ministry. You know, I think a lot of times when we see things done in front of us, uh, we, we feel like, cool, we I catch, got that. Yeah, I'll just do that. Yes. You know, that's what it's going to look like for me, because that's what it looked like for her. And uh, that's not what it looked like for me. So so my husband, and I moved to LA for about six months, he was going to pursue a dream of filmmaking that fell apart. My dream of doing uh, ministry on a college campus fell apart. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I had I got a phone call actually from a pastor of ours who married us, one of, one of my mentors, and and he said, um, you know, Chris, I think you'd be really good at children's ministry, and we really need someone to come and do that at the church that I had kind of attended uh, late high school through my college years when I was home. And at first, I thought, no, like that's not what it's going to look yeah. like. <laughs> Never mind <laughs> the need. I don't, I don't feel particularly yeah. called to do that. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> know about that. But as I sat with the Lord, um, and I felt and sensed sort of, yeah, Christy, like you want to do ministry, you, you have to start here. And, and you're actually, this is ripe training ground. And you'll be you'll be good at this in this season is what you're supposed to do. And so I said yes to him and uh, came on staff at a church, which again, I didn't think I would do. But beautiful experience, really growing. And I was getting to do ministry, which is such a gift. It's just a gift. So. so awesome. So, you know, as as you're progressing, what are you noticing about the work that you get to do? Like, what are, are you are you experiencing transformation? Are you working a lot in the community or is it mostly on campus? Like, what did that season of kind of getting your feet wet, seeing what God had for you? What did that look like? Yeah, so a lot of it was just uh, pouring into families and kids trying to run the program. Which, if anyone's ever run children's ministry, it's it's a it's one of probably the toughest positions in a, in the church. Um, so there was a lot of challenges to that, and I was super young. I mean, I'm 23 trying to figure out how to run a ministry. So there's some challenges in trying to figure that out, but also really sensing that that my call wasn't just to the church. That we were we were at a church that that a lot of people were fairly affluent, doing fairly well monetarily with their lives, and so I sensed right away from a young age in ministry that part of my calling was to help. To, to, to connect them with needs in the community and to sort of bridge that gap and to see the transformation that came out of that. So there were some some missions trips I led and some things that I did with the families that um, I really felt like the Lord said connect the make that make that gap between sort of higher um, you know income and lower income and, and try and bridge that. So I sensed some of that too in that season. And it's just interesting challenges that I'm sure existed with with all of that kind of happening at the same time and coming together. Um, with all of those different factors. How did how did the Lord sort of pivot you after that stretch of, okay, this is what this looks like. We're going to meet the needs of the community. We're going to help strengthen families inside the church. How did 
you know, how did he move you into a different season working with your husband and your family starts in there? So we kind of unpack that for everybody and what sure. where God took you from like the, the end of your first sort of kingdom assignment or assignment mm-hmm. in vocational ministry to, you know, wifehood and motherhood and, and, you know, working to pastor a church yeah. and all of that. So kind of walk us through that. Sure. So um, I did that for about two and a half years, and then I got pregnant with our first um, and and had him uh, stayed working in the church for about six more months and came in sort of a part-time position at that point. And then we got pregnant again. So my oldest two are 18 months apart, which was not totally planned. Um, (laughs) So perhaps people that are listening go, yeah, we had one of those too. So our surprise baby was Wesley. And, and I just realized I can't, I felt the Lord shift my focus um, outside the home to inside the home. So, and it was very clear, even though I'd known the Lord called me to vocational ministry, I really heard him say in this season, you're going to be at home. And these little ones are going to be what you do. And I think in those years, I was always, always, still trying to meet with women when I could, still trying to volunteer at the church and do things to serve and to support ministries when I could. But having babies is a crazy, crazy work. It's just crazy. Man, sister, really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we were crazy and did four and five and a half years. So it really took awesome. every single ounce of energy that I had in that season. And I'm really grateful for the season. And it grew me a lot. I'll tell you what. Um, if you want to look like Jesus and want to be formed into his image, get married and have kids because you can't get away with um, selfishness anymore. You got to lay a lot of your own crap down. You just got to lay the junk down and let the Lord do some healing, grow patience, grow love, grow joy, grow all those things. So I look at that season as even though I wasn't in vocational ministry, the Lord was growing me in ways that he just couldn't other places. And you're in ministry. Like, let's be clear. Your home is a ministry. You know what I mean? Like a lot of women are like, oh, I'm not working outside the home. My life isn't worth, you know, it's worth less because I'm only staying at home with the kids. And we're all like, no, hold on a second. Yeah. No, that is ministry. In fact, I was just, I'm preparing to preach on Sunday and I've been reading through this great book and, and it talks about the importance and the call in our lives to take care of the vulnerable, that that's something you can't get away from in scripture. God's very clear that we're called to take care of the orphan, the widows, um, the poor, uh, and the least of these. And uh, I think it oftentimes for, for women in the season of motherhood where the kids are very little and they're having babies, they think, I can't do that. Uh, but the truth is you are doing that. You are taking care of the least of these. And so I was doing that, you know, and, and I still am, obviously still a mother. Uh, although I will say my kids, all four of my kids are in all day school. That just started about a week wow. and a half ago. So <laughs> thank you. Jesus. Is that so different? Like what? I mean, but you know, they transitioned out and like now they're spending all day outside the home. That's just creates like a different element of, of, okay, how how are they being influenced? Like what does this mean for our house? New dynamics, new everything. And like four different personalities. It's so fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I need Jesus. That's all I'm going to say. I need Jesus a lot. Every day. (laughs) Every day in all aspects of my life. I want to ask you, um, not to cut you off. Sorry. Were you going to add something there? No, no, I was going to catch you up to where I am now, but you asked your question. Oh, no, perfect. Yeah, I just wanted to stop quick and ask. um, So advice for a mom who, I mean, who wants to do what you just said, maybe was working outside the home, is called now to the home to to love on and, and grow and develop her kids. You know, what you talked about is being focused on whatever kingdom assignment God has for you in that season. A lot of times we like to box ourselves in and go, 
okay, I'm going to be a teacher. You know, this I did this too. I'm going to be a teacher for my entire life. I, I chose a career for myself and this is what I'm going to spend my time doing. It's what fills me up. And God, I, I picture God sometimes like waving his hands like, no, no, it's going to be just like for a small quick season. You might come back to it. God might totally shift you and send you over here into your home for four to five years as your babies grow. And then maybe you'll go back to work or whatever happens. So what would you say to a mama who is is trying to understand kingdom assignment over you know what the world tells her she needs to do to ha- to gain worth and value and to be you know successful by worldly standards like mm-hmm. what would you say to encourage her because because that mom she wants to feel that way for herself and the seasons that God's God has her in and the assignments he's given her but she's also trying to help her children prioritize eternity over mm. things like earthly success and, and being yeah. so consumed with the here and now, because that's, I don't know, it's kind of a, of a long-winded question, but what would you say to a mama who is struggling with that herself and then wants to wants to pass on that wisdom to her kids? Yeah, I think what you said is so valuable, though, at the beginning of that question, and that is that a lot of times we think our trajectory is just going to be this sort of straight line. Totally. And I think that that is especially for women not the case. I think for men, sometimes it's easier to have a straighter line. Um, but for women, that's just, it's just not how it works. You know, it's, it's, it looks a little bit more like this, a little more of a squiggly line. And so I think, first of all, we just have to be okay with that as women. You know, we just have to release that, you know, um, it's going to be this sort of straight. And for some women it is, and that's fantastic. You know, it's great. But I think we get into a lot of trouble when we, um, we look around, we compare ourselves to other people and we think my life has to look like this or like this other person's or like this. It just doesn't. And so I think for me in that season, what God's grace to me was, is, was just to kind of, to, he gave me focus on the present moment, right? Just to, this is what right now you need to be doing. And his grace was his presence to me in the trenches of motherhood, um, and then that season lifts. And that's the thing is we don't always know when it's going to change, but it, but it does. And so it's just for me being present to whatever God has for me in this present moment. And that's a lot easier said than done, especially when you're changing diapers, you know, constantly and no one, it doesn't feel like anyone really sees you. It doesn't really feel like your work really matters all that much. You know, it's really hard. And so I think just to remember that the Lord sees you. And if you're doing what he's asked you to do in that season, you're doing something real right. I forget who I was talking to, but somebody told me that changing diapers was holy work. And I thought, I like that. (laughs) It doesn't feel like holy work and it doesn't smell like holy work, but it it is the work that God's calling you to. And it's, and he, uh, you know, he, he sees it just like you said. Um, Okay. Last question, because we're on our way to wrapping up. These episodes go so quick. So what inspires you most about the work that you get to do, both professional, you know, co-pastoring with your husband, which is really, I, I love working with my husband. It's such an interesting dynamic when like, you know, the, the work you're doing outside the home also comes into the home and it's just, it's part of the life that you're living as a family and as parents. Um, so what inspires you about that work you get to do with your husband and the work you get to do as a wife and a mom? Yeah, so let me bring it full circle because we started by saying that for me, when uh, one of the challenges I faced was not seeing a woman in leadership in in the way in which I was feeling called to lead. And absolutely one of God's gifts to me in this season is I'm getting to be what I didn't see as a young girl. So that's just his goodness. I mean, I I don't, I I just have nothing else to, to say to that other than that is just, 
a grace and gift of God. But in this season, I'm getting to lead, I'm getting to teach, I'm getting to preach in a co-pastor position alongside my husband, which has been so fun, so hard, so good, so transformative. I mean, all of those things. Um, But I'm getting to do those things. Um, And that is it's just a lot of fun. We have in our church here in the Valley, we have a church plant. We started about two and a half years ago um, that the Lord's been growing. Uh, and we have this partnership with Young Life. And so in our front couple rows at our church, uh, on any given Sunday, there's students there usually. And sometimes there's a whole group of girls that come that are, you know, juniors and seniors in high school. And so when I get to be teaching and preaching from the front, I get to look out and see those girls. And, and it's for me very full circle because I was once there in a church wanting to love Jesus, um, wondering if it was okay for me to be who I was called to be in a church context. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I get, I get to go, yeah, it is okay. It is that's, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, we're going to wrap up, but I want to quickly give you a chance to talk about the two studies that you created, because I think they're really powerful in terms of, you know, women who want to know more about what God has for them, who want to specifically learn about a woman's role in the life and lineage of Jesus. I know Reclaimed is such an awesome study. And then I have to like, you know, finding my kingdom purpose and walking sort of like a really windy, complicated path, like in order to step into purpose. I know that's the conversation for so, so many women right now. Will you just give us sort of an overview of why you felt called to write those two studies specifically for women and how you feel like it's going to encourage them? Sure, absolutely. So the first one was born um, out of a season where I was at home with my kids. And just as a complete aside, if anyone's listening and feels like I want to write, but I'm not equipped welcome to the club. That's how I felt. I still feel that way. Part of the obedience is saying yes anyway, and just muddling through it. And so um, I would just say, if you feel called to do it, just write. (laughs) Um, But I wrote that study because I know so many women, including myself, who struggle with feeling valued and worth um, and seeing themselves as God's daughters, despite maybe what past mistakes or things that have happened that they regret. And so that study is really born out of a desire to to remind us that we all have uh, worth and value in God's kingdom. And he uses every single one of us despite what we think would hold us back. Um, and then the second study was born out of planting a church and realizing that sometimes in our lives we have these I have to use these things that we say, man, I don't really feel equipped. I don't know that I should say yes, but I feel like I have to say yes. And I feel scared and terrified and like I want to cry. Um, <laughs> and and yet I have to do it. I can't say no. Um, and so I think we all have those and they look really different in different people's lives in different seasons. We have it more than once in our life. Um, but that study was really born to help people when they when they sense that they have an I have to. What, what do I do with that? And how do I walk through that? So that's where that came from. I love it. And just like being brave and not having it all figured out and just going, okay, like I'll take, I'll take a step. It's just a feeling, right? And it's God can do so much more when we just simply step out in obedience and we get to watch him work. It's so exciting. Mm, Amen. So we have to wrap up and um, I'm excited to point people to you. And just, I I love that this episode was just like sort of a big, broad overview, but then like really unpacked very practical ways for how you feel like God's moved in your life. And I just love the chance to get to highlight your story. We end each episode on the podcast by asking three sort of rapid fire questions. It's called The Scoop. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so first question. Obviously, we love heroes for girls. When you were a little girl, who was your hero? Um, My Nona, my mom's mom. Mama four, she was 
a feminist before that was even cool. <laughs> or like uh, derogatory. <laughs> or derogatory. She was a Jesus feminist. Uh, just amazing care for her family. What a great woman. Loved so her. Good. Second yeah. question. What is a piece of advice you've received that has impacted your life in a powerful way? Oh, gosh. That's a hard one to narrow that down. Um, honestly, Jesus is everything. I mean, I just – I would just say – the faster you figure out that you can't do it on your own and that you need him, the far the far better it will be. <laughs> oh, there's so many amens to be said. I don't have time. Um, third question. <laughs> if you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? Oh, man. Um, well, I'll, I'll share this about myself. I have terrible eyesight, especially at night, and terrible peripheral vision. So like x-ray vision, or I could just see everything all the time. Also, like with discernment, I could just see and feel and know that would be great. As somebody's, as somebody whose vision like was up here and then at 25 just took like a plummeting death drop, oh, yeah. um, I totally feel you in the vision department. That sounds like a really good one. All right, Christy, we're going to wrap up. But before we do, what is the, where's the best place for people to connect with you online, find out more about you, your family, what you have going on, and just get connected to you? Sure, sure. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Christy Fay 14 is my handle on Instagram. And then um, just Christy Fay on Facebook. I have a, a website, ChristyFay.com, where you can find more information about the studies. I'm, the books are also on Amazon. So you can find them there. And then my church is ArcadiaCityChurch.com. So you want to find out more about what we're doing, listen to some sermons. Uh, that's where you can do all that. So Awesome. Christy, thanks so much for being here. I had the best time. Uh, thank you so much. What a joy.